Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this man back. He's a major at the Tulsa Police Department. It's Major Travis Yates. Travis, how are you? Good to see you. Hey, Joe, how's the hardest working man on radio doing? I don't know. I'm trying my best. I'm trying to keep up with you. You're writing books. You're managing this website. You're out there educating people about law enforcement. And I, I just love it. Uh, um, it. We've already started the year out rough. Last year was one of the most deadly years ever for police officers in this country. And that's not a coincidence, knowing that we had this defund the police garbage. We have Soros financing, uh, you know, prosecutors here and there. We're not taking crime seriously anymore. And uh, and the fact that that so many law enforcement officers died on the job and were injured on the job is not surprising. Can we turn it around, knowing that we've got a White House the way that we have, and we've got a Congress the way that we have, where we've got actual progressives who are who are having voices that are being listened to? Well, it's a cause and effect, Joe, as you know. Uh, they can't do what they did to law enforcement over the last couple of years, and you've lined that out beautifully here, and not expect exactly what has happened. And I think what really concerns me from a leadership standpoint is this whole idea of police reform. They threw everything against the wall. Every, they did everything they wanted to do. They keep talking about it. They've seen over the course very quickly that it's been a completely failed social experiment. Lives are being uh, damaged. Uh, violence is all over the country. More murders we've had in the last 25 years in this country. Last year was an all-time high in law enforcement deaths and injuries and ambushes, and they're continuing forward. There's, there's nobody that's evaluating what they have done to say, hey, listen, this is not good for our country. It's not good for public safety, and there doesn't seem to be anybody with any common sense to sort of evaluate this and say, this really didn't work. Maybe we need to think about criminal reform rather than police reform. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, exactly right. It's uh, Major Travis Yates. Go and get his book. It's called The Courageous Police Leader. His website is stopcowards.com. I put out a piece the other day where I said Black Lives Matter is a hate group. Uh, Black Lives Matter, I believe, is a racist hate group that's caused the deaths of many black people in America. And I can back that up with the numbers out of Philly, the numbers out of Chicago, the numbers out of Detroit, you can uh, the numbers out of San Francisco, L.A. You're seeing minorities killed at a higher level and a higher rate than we have in a very long time. And they're being killed by criminals in their own neighborhoods. They're certainly not being killed by police officers. How do we change the narrative? Because, I don't know, probably 40, 50% of people that you talk to really think there's an epidemic of police killing black people. They really believe that because the media jumped on board with this radical leftist Marxist group, Black Lives Matter. So they're lying. We know they've, they've got their own personal security, so they're safe. And these cities are less safe because of their messaging. How do we change that? Well, it certainly is an ideology that's been embedded in American culture, and no one's going to argue that black lives shouldn't matter, but if black lives matter, we should be doing something about the violence that's really been preying upon the black community. That's what's really been tragic is ever since this movement has began, which we could, there's really not even an argument. I think even uh, the victims of police violence and the people in the communities, they're, they're out front saying Black Lives Matter, the organization is not helping me. Where's the money for my community? And so it's really just a fancy Ponzi scheme. Uh, and it's really unfortunate because people, I think they want to drift towards helping people. And this this organization based out of Delaware, that's a for profit organization, you know, surfaced and everybody kind of attracted to it. But it's really hard to argue that since they've come on the scene, there's been more violence in the black community than really any time in history. And I think most people understand that. They're afraid to talk about that. Uh, there has to be solutions, Joe, that help save lives. And I don't see any solutions coming from that group that's actually helping and saving lives, especially black lives. And really, the truth is in the data. I saw what you said the other day. Look at the data. 
Don't argue with me. Just go look at the data and right. see what is happening in a lot of our, in, in a lot of our urban cities. And and from a law enforcement perspective, over 30 years of experience in this, uh, my brothers and sisters are heartbroken over because we want to stop this violence. Uh, every man, woman, and child has nothing to do with race. Joe deserves to grow up in peace and safety. Parents deserve to let their kids go outside and play without fear of gunfire. And there's just too many places in this country where that is happening. And I think we have what it takes in this country to overturn that. But it's going to be really difficult, as you said, if these lies continue. Because really, there's been a big lie that's been given to the black community, which is you should be more scared of police than you should the gang members outside. And the data does not support that whatsoever. Not even and, close. Uh, hey, Travis, it's not even close. Realizing that, we'll figure that out. Uh, you're right. The data doesn't, doesn't uh, reflect that. Not even close. I mean, the right. percentages of police-involved shootings compared to black-on-black crime in Chicago is even close. It's, it's ridiculously far. What was it? Uh, 19, two years ago, it was 19 um, uh, people died while in custody or while, while going back and forth with police, some sort of police contact. And, and of all of them, maybe two or three were questionable. The other ones, the people had a weapon. The other people were somehow in the commission of a crime. And then you've got like a 1,000 deaths in Chicago or 800 or something like that. And, and it's mainly people in minority communities, low-income communities, and it's mainly you know uh, innocent people dying at the hands of gang members. So we can change the narrative if you and I keep talking and if we keep on putting the truth out there. Get his book. It's called The Courageous Police Leader, StopCowards.com. You and I have talked about this before. My father was a firefighter. My grandfather was the, the fire chief in Belmore, New York. Um, I, I thought that when I grew up, I'd be a firefighter, maybe a police officer. I think when you're a little boy in America, generally speaking, those are the, were the go-tos in my generation. I'm going to be a firefighter. I'm going to be a police officer, or maybe I'll be Superman. I think I also wanted to be Superman or Batman. But at the end of the day today, when you see a 22-year-old who's been on the force a year and a half in New York City, who's got a wife and a little baby who's dead now, because he showed up to a domestic dispute, and his partner just succumbed to his injuries as well. Two dead police officers in New York, both, I believe, in their 20s, both young men who probably, like me, thought, I'm going to be a cop when I get older, and they're just gone now. How can you possibly convince the next generation that it's an important job to do, it's important work to do, to support and defend your community, to protect and serve your family and your neighbors when you're seeing almost on the daily, a what was it, Harris County, Texas, just not too far from me, three hours from me, a couple of people, you know, a uh, police officer shot, one died. I'm not sure about the other one. But at the end of the day, this is a dangerous job. You're not getting any support by big media, by big tech, by these groups that, that are getting all the highlights now, Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Why would anybody want to be a cop? Well, let me first start off by talking about those two heroes in New York City, Joe. I am absolutely amazed uh, that with what has gone on in law enforcement in the last several years, those young men decided to strap it up. Those young men decided to uh, go into this profession. That is much harder decision than it was when I went into it 30 years ago. Yeah. We weren't facing this 30 years ago. It was a very easy decision to make. In fact, we were turning away qualified candidates 20, 30 years ago. So for those young men in New York City uh, that unfortunately have perished, man, I, I got to tell you, those and everyone else out there that's that age that decided to do this job, my hat's off to them. Those are true heroes for just doing the job. And, uh, and by the way, the politicians in New York City that were saying everything horribly wrong about law enforcement, calling them every name in the book right. a year ago, that are now turning around trying to pay homage to them. Uh, no, I know where they can go. Okay, yes. We're not going to forget what they did to this profession. We're not going to forget what the politicians and the defunded group and all the activists did to this profession that caused all the violence across this nation, not just law enforcement, but police. But your other question, Joe, is – how do you convince young people to do it? Well, fortunately, 
uh, for law enforcement, God has placed a service calling in a number of people. And I would say about 70% of the people we recruit right now, they're going to do this job. Yeah, it's a tough job, but they feel a calling to do that. And thank God we have them. The difference, though, is it's 70% that have that calling today. 10 years ago, it was 110%. Yeah. We were turning away people. So what we're going to have to do is uh, we're going to have to, as leaders in this profession, have to overcome the rhetoric, overcome the media, overcome the lies, and make sure these young men and women understand that they will be supported. I don't care what a mayor says. I don't care what a governor says, and I certainly don't care what anybody in Washington, D.C. says. If my employer, my boss, my police chief, or my sheriff will have my back, that's what we need, Joe. And we've seen way too many police leaders, I talk about it in my book, that have succumbed to this wokeness and this culture that somehow this profession is wrong. I would put what this profession does as far as ethics against any profession on the planet. And uh, I'm amazed that there are people willing to do it. What we're going to have to do from law enforcement is to overcome that by leadership. But we're also going to actually have to start recruiting, Joe. We've never really had to recruit in the past. Once again, we had an unlimited amount of recruits coming into this profession. I tested for this job 30 years ago with 1,000 people for 10 positions, okay? Wow. Now we can't get 10 people to take a test in a month in most cities. So we're going to have to actually recruit. We used to, we've always recruited, but we recruited you from one agency to another. Our recruiting is going to have to change to we need to recruit you into this profession. Yeah. And unfortunately, there, there's a lot of departments that spend the money doing this, but they're just kind of throwing money at the wall because they don't know what to do. And this isn't a commercial, but I have latched on to one of the best companies I've seen called Safeguard Recruiting because they're owned by cops. Uh, they're operated by cops. They know exactly how to do that. And uh, they're doing some amazing work. So I have hope that if we can change the ideology from the recruiting standpoint, that our leaders can kind of stand up to the wokeness culture that's kind of created this mess, we still will be able to staff our police agencies. It's uh, Major Travis Yates, uh, Tulsa PD. Go get his book, The Courageous Police Leader. The Courageous Police Leader. The, the website is stopcowards.com. Always appreciate the insight. Uh, let me ask you this. We know that politicians can lie very easily. In fact, it's so easy, it's hard to tell when it is a lie. And now suddenly you've got these lefty politicians like the mayor of San Francisco, like the new mayor of New York, who one day says there's a perception of crime on the subway. The next day he said, I'm afraid to ride the subway because he saw what the poll numbers were saying about what he said the day before. These people are adept and they are professional liars, but they're starting to pretend like they're coming around. Jen Psaki at the White House suddenly said, we've got to we've got to find more funding for police, which was crazy. As Biden ran for president, he said he would divert money away from police to other programs. So the question is simple. Is there really a tide that's turning where people are starting to understand that defunding or attacking either verbally on social media or in real life police officers isn't working? You've got to refund them. We've got to now back the blue again. Or are they saying that, Travis, because it's, a, it's an election year? I think the citizens in this country know full well what has happened. Uh, and I think the politicians are chasing the polling, like you said, Joe. Uh, listen, they're, they're, they're going to – we know what they really believe because they've been they've said it for years. Yeah. So we know what they really believe, but they saw what happened in Minneapolis in the last election. Every single – politician in that city that was behind defund the police got ejected from office 
They know what the polling says. And so we shouldn't fall for it. Like they're, they're, they're going to come back and try to say they support police because they use us every four years. So there's a reason why Ferguson was 2016. Right. There's a reason why George Floyd was 2020. Uh, th- those incidents, Ferguson was a justified legal shooting. The George Floyd incident was a crime. Uh, we all know that now. But there's been a lot of things that happened in those four years. There's a lot of things that c- they could say is controversial. So we know in 2024 it's going to come again. They're going to try this again, but I think they're going to have a different twist. They're going to say the reason you're not protected, the reason you're not safe is not because of my policies, not because of what I've been doing, not because of the environment that I have made, not because I defunded the police years ago. It's because of those police officers not doing their jobs. They're going to still use that. And so nobody really believes them in law enforcement when they're now saying this. And I don't think the citizens do either. They're not going to forget this. Uh, they can try to hide the crime all they want, but when people are out and about, they're seeing it, they're observing it. The AP, for instance, has quit, has stopped reporting on a lot of local crimes because they don't want to give that perception off. They can hide it all they want, but Joe, families are suffering, people are suffering. Law enforcement is the last line of defense. Right. I think in many parts of this country, law enforcement is doing the best they can. But if they work for politicians and they work for groups that are not supporting them, good luck in those cities, and we're probably not going to vacation there. Uh, what One thing is for sure, it doesn't matter if you're left or right, Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. You do care about your safety, the safety of your kids going to school, your safety of your family, your grandmother, whomever it happens to be, your neighborhood being safe. When 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 that goes away, that safety, that security, that feeling of I'm home, when that goes away, politics go out the window and they will elect people that are going to start upholding laws. Well, one last question for Major Travis Yates. Get his book, The Courageous Police Leader. Go to his website, stopcowards.com. And the last question has to be this. When, when you're out there in the community and, and you're talking to people, like when the people came back, when the soldiers came back from Vietnam, they were being spit on, they were being treated like garbage, and then quietly Americans came around going, dude, I get what you were trying to do over there and I appreciate your service. Are you starting to hear that in the ranks of police officers where there was a great hatred that was rising in the urban communities against police? Now that crime has gone up exponentially, are cops starting to get the wink and the nod from neighbors again going, hey, I'm glad you're here? You know, it was always the very few people that had the hatred, Joe. I mean, um, it's hard. But they were loud. You, no, you're right. But they were loud. Yeah, they were very, very loud. But I think what has happened now is, is the silent majority that always had our back. They were always buying our lunch or they were always patting us on the back when nobody was looking. Yeah. They are now being more vocal and they are drowning out the other side. The other side's not going to stop. It's just an ideology that they have uh, for whatever reason, even though. Everything says that it's been a complete failure. But what we're seeing now is is the folks that kind of went along with it, the folks that were kind of silent, wasn't sure what to do. They are now speaking up. And uh, it's it's similar to what happened in Virginia when the public school system, when all that happened. Right. Those people that were generally silent then spoke up. We're seeing that in law enforcement. So I have hope in that. Uh, and I certainly think that uh, good times can come if leaders stand up and lead. Yeah, I think you're right, and, and, and you're certainly a leader that I've been turning to for a long time. We've become very good friends. It's Major Travis Yates. I appreciate the work you do at, at, at Tulsa PD, he said, and everywhere else that you go and visit, you're educating people about the importance of law enforcement, about the fact that there might be one or two bad apples out of an entire bushel, and law enforcement by and large. I, I always say this number is 95%. It might be 99% are good they're community members that want to keep the community safe, and then you get the bad apple every once in a while. But you get a bad talk show host every once in a while, too. But but to highlight that and pretend that's everybody is painting a broad brush that I reject, and I'm glad that you're out there keeping your voice loud. Go to stopcowards.com. The Courageous Police Leader is his book. It's Major Travis Yates. Travis, thanks a million. Appreciate you. 
Well, Joe, thank you for all your encouragement and support, and thank you for what you do. All right, thanks brother. For, thanks for having me. All right, man. We're back after this. Stay right here.